inspiring and equipping you to live the life you're destined to live. This is the Ascend Men Podcast. Today we are joined by one of the world's most ambitious explorers. Nick Hollis and I both worked at HP for around a decade before Nick stopped trying to juggle his IT career with his passion for adventure and fitness. Leaving HP in 2011, he launched Fitways Adventures and has recently been pursuing his 721 Guinness World Record attempt. 721 is short for seven mountains, two poles, and one ocean. He's done the seven by climbing the highest mountain on every continent. Yes, that includes Everest. He's done half of the two poles by trekking solo across the Antarctic over Christmas. The North Pole continues to elude him due to the war in Ukraine. And in November, he'll attempt the ocean by rowing the Atlantic at world record speed. We'll do another interview later in the year to hear more about the crazy physical demands Nick places on his body. But today, as part of our Mental Health Month, Nick is going to talk about his mind. Welcome to the podcast, Nick. Thank you, Alan. Really good to be here. Great. You sound like a machine, but let's prove to our listeners that you're reasonably normal by asking a couple of quickfire questions. So first of all, what sweet did you love as a kid? Oh, um, lemon meringue. Oh, yeah. Oh, that wasn't quite what I meant by sweet. You're thinking dessert. I was thinking in a sweetie shop. Oh, but, yeah. in the sweetie shop. Yeah. Um, it would have to be sherbet lemons. Oh, yeah. Okay. Always a winner. Uh, and secondly, uh, if you could give the 10-year-old Nick some advice, what would it be? Great question. It would be follow your dream and don't worry about what other people think of you. Brilliant. It sounds like you've done that. So to even attempt your 721 challenge, there must be something a little different in the mind of Nick Hollis. So why not tell our listeners a bit more? Yes. And, and if I'm brutally honest, throughout my entire life, I have felt a little bit different. But it's, it's hard to know how other people feel. But yes, I, I've always felt um, a bit of a misfit. And, and I used to do a lot of things to, to try and compensate for that. So if we go into the detail, what do I mean by feeling a bit of a misfit? What's going on in my mind? I have always had an unbelievably active mind. I describe it as having a, a mind like a washing machine, being bombarded with thoughts. If I'm brutally honest with you, uh, more of them are negative uh, than, than positive mm. um, going on in my head. And um and, and in many respects, my life has been a, a battle to, to to find ways of soothing, of, of calming those thoughts down. And things that have worked for me, there's been a variety of different things. One has been exercise, nature. I find uh, very calming, very grounding. Um, for a phase, work as well. I could be very highly engrossed in work to the degree of being a workaholic. Uh, and that would also work. And there are other aspects as well, which were, were not healthy um, and alcohol mm. uh, through through my life. I would use alcohol 
not in terms of drinking during the day, not in terms of drinking to get drunk, but in the evening, uh, in order to find that that point where I could I could unwind and and, and down tools, stop work. Yeah, I would use alcohol. And over the years, that that became an increasingly unhealthy habit. Um, it wasn't doing me any good. And I actually got to a point about just over six years ago with with the alcohol that I I recognised that this was not a, a not a good trajectory for me, and I I managed to stop drinking completely, and I've not had a drink since that day. Mm. Uh, more recently, um, in terms of my mind, uh, uh, meditation. Uh, over the last few years, I've got quite into meditation, spiritual practice. But what was really interesting, Alan, is gosh, must be about eight months ago now. Um, uh, I, I I went through a, a, a diagnosis for ADHD, and the backstory here is uh, I was climbing Mount Vincent, so the highest mountain in Antarctica, one of the seven summits in January 2019. And one of my climbing partners was a, a very successful businessman, um, and he also clearly had a mind like a washing machine. And when we were chatting, he he mentioned to me that he had ADHD, but in the same sentence, he said, and so do you. <laughs> That's very kind of him. Yeah. And, and, and I didn't take offense at all. Uh, but, but having got back from the trip, I, I did a little bit of research and, um, uh, explored it, uh, then started doing online testing, um, and noting that the score on a percentage terms i was sitting up in that sort of in the 90 percent bracket so um it all started uh the pieces all started fall together for me and uh yeah i was thinking well yeah i i it would appear i have adhd but you don't know until you go through a formal diagnosis so i went to my gp they referred me the nhs with nh uh adhd have a huge waiting list but ultimately they then referred me on to a private uh company mm -hmm. So I was I was outsourced. Uh, they very quickly ran a diagnosis, uh, and I remember at the end of the process, the doctor uh, said to me, "Look, Nick, um, I'm going to tell you now, you do have ADHD." Uh, so what do I? What was I? 48 years of age, and finally had the diagnosis. And I've got to be honest, it didn't surprise me at all uh, when she said those words. Yeah, she said, "How do you feel?" I said, "Well, it all makes sense." Hmm. So it's been a, it's been a it, Quite a journey um, going through life with, you know, I suppose you could say, a, a mental health condition, uh, not knowing that you've got something, and having to to find ways of managing that, putting in place systems, etc. Um, which, which fortunately, I was able to do. Um, I was able to find a path forward. Uh, and use that ADHD uh, to my advantage. And had I not been able to do that, yeah, it, my life could have gone in a very, very different direction. Mm. And, and getting that diagnosis, has that been helpful since in terms of putting new practices and, and habits into place? Well, yeah. So it was really interesting. At the end, I said, well, well, okay, I'm, I'm 48 or 49. Why have I been only diagnosed now? And the response was 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 very flattering in one respect. Uh, she said, because you have a very high IQ, you've been able to navigate it through your IQ. Um, and the other one is you don't have the hyperactivity version. Uh, and, th and that's the, 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 the version that tends to get picked up. So if you imagine in school, you've got the child that would that can't sit in the chair. Mm. Um, I didn't really have so much of that. Mine, the way that mine manifested was what was within my head itself, within my mind, just with this 
this constant stream of thoughts, thinking, and this absolute inability to unwind and switch off. Mm. Mm. Uh, and we're recording this in May 2023, uh, and ADHD diagnosis has been in the news even in the last few days as a result of a BBC Panorama programme highlighting some dubious practices amongst private clinics. Uh, you said you, you ended up with a private clinic. Uh, what would you suggest to somebody who thinks they may have something going on? Yeah, that really is a, um, a, a great question. Uh, so what would I say to somebody? Well, I think the first thing I would do if you've got some suspicions um, is to is to do your own research. Uh, they, uh, on the Internet, there is a huge amount of information, resources available. There are books on the condition. There are online tests uh, uh, and educate yourself as best as possible. And I think going through that process, um, if you do a little bit of due diligence, you'll, you'll complete that, having a pretty good idea whether you have or have not, in fact, got the condition. Because there are other conditions that may be associated, things such as OCD, for example, depression, for example. There, there, there are a lot of other things that sit within the within the same family. And, and once you've done that, then it would be a case of, um, if you so desire, because this is always personal choice, then then going and getting professional advice. Uh, for me, the starting point was the NHS. Uh, but obviously, uh, depending on if you're employed, you have private health care, et cetera. But as you say, Alan, definitely do your research about who you talk to. Um, I was lucky because I had a referral via the NHS into an organisation. I did a little bit of my own due diligence. And, and to be fair, they have been fantastic every step of the way. Great. And uh, I think when we talked a few weeks ago, and, and there's a fair amount of this in the in the literature as well, around ADHD being a superpower. Is that is that how you how you talk about it? Yeah. Having ADHD uh, without question um, gives advantages in life. And and one way I'd explain ADHD, because if, it, if, if, if there weren't positives within it um, and factoring in, depending on what research you believe, let's say 5% of the population actually have the condition diagnosed or not, uh, that would be the estimate. Now, the way I describe it, have someone with ADHD is imagine you're on a, a desert island. There may be 20 people on that desert island and your resources are running out. But in the far distance, you can see another island. You can see a couple of trees on it, but it's a huge way away. So that 19 people will just stand there and look into, uh, look across at this, uh, this, this potential of new resources. The person with ADHD will strip down to their, uh, to their boxer shorts or whatever they're wearing, and they'll be in the water swimming across. So I suppose you could say with the risk takers, uh, with the people uh, to a degree that, that, that don't have the same level of impulse control. So if there's something that you want to do, uh, you're far more likely to, quote, take that first step. And interestingly, when I'm encouraging people to set ambitious goals, one of the hardest things is actually taking that first step. So in that sense, ADHD can be an advantage, mm. but providing it's channeled in the right direction, mm. because let's say 5% of the population have ADHD. I think the estimation is over 25% of entrepreneurs, maybe even as much as half of entrepreneurs also have ADHD, but over 25% of the prison population do as well. Mm. So this is something to uh, to weigh up. But but for me, wh wh where is it a superpower? ADHD for most people gives the ability to hyper-focus. So that means in a situation where you need to, um, you can understand very complex situations and scenarios. And I'll, and I'll give you one example. If, for example, 
I'm in the mountains, so I regularly work in the mountains. I'm a, a, a mountain, international mountain leader, expedition leader. And there's a situation, a mountain rescue situation. Um, fortunately, I've not had any with, with people that I'm looking after, but quite often I get involved in situations that happen to occur on the mountain. And having ADHD will give me a clarity. Once I'm locked in and, and focused on that situation, I can have in my head a full picture of what's going on that other people just don't seem to be able to grasp. Mm. So in that situation, it's a it's a real advantage, uh, a clarity of mind in scenarios where other people would literally fall to pieces. But on the flip side of that, um, if you've got sitting in an office with a bunch of mundane tasks to be done, uh, procrastination, doing something, anything other than the task you need to be doing. So as I say, it's a, there are, it's a superpower when harnessed, but as with all things, there's a bit of yin and yang. It comes with some challenges and uh, disadvantages as well. Sure. And I'm interested in those disadvantages because um, in Marvel's X-Men, I know it's maybe not the best research to, to refer back to, but there's a character called Rogue who absorbs the memories of, of those she touches, which is a really useful superpower, except when as a teenager, she has a first kiss and leaves a boy in an irreversible coma. So um, I guess the, the drawback of your HD, ADHD is, is something to be acutely aware of and, and just guard against. Is, is that how you find it? Yeah. And, and if we explore some of the drawbacks, having, having a highly active mind, um, having a lot of being thought bombarded, et cetera, is quite stressful. And for me, I've definitely carried a lot of, of stress um throughout my life uh, and that over the years um it's not a healthy way to live um and i was conscious uh, throughout my life that that being in a sort of slightly wired um state is perhaps not conducive to long term health uh because in essence what's happening in terms of physiological uh aspect of the body is there's a lot of cortisol being released the body is in that fight or flight um, state a lot more of the time than perhaps the average person would experience. Mm. So there are things that you need to put into place to compensate for that mindfulness, exercise, nature, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, other issues I found in terms of on the negative side is because of the pro procrastination, there is a degree of inefficiency doing mundane tasks. And what that would mean for me as somebody who was highly ambitious, who had big goals to achieve, is I would need to work longer hours than my equivalent. And quite often that means I would be working evenings, weekends, and regularly I would work on Christmas Day. So there are definitely uh, definitely downsides. And as you become increasingly famous, I know you don't think of yourself like that, but I do, um, you're not the owner notable guy having ADHD. Uh, the research suggests that Cromwell, Mozart, and our very own Cambridge legend, Lord Byron, could have had ADHD. And it's possible that the Apostle Peter might have been a sufferer as well. And if you want some research on those, uh, have a look at the show notes because I'll provide some references. Uh, to you, Nick, do you have a favourite character or person or notable person who might uh, have uh, some elements of adhd yeah for me it would have to be richard branson uh also richard now sir richard branson um and he he, he is a man that openly uh, uh, uh say admits he he believes he has adhd whether or not he's gone through a formal diagnosis i don't know 
Um, but uh, but he talks about it very openly, and he is uh, the perfect example of somebody who's been able to harness that superpower. Um, and actually, if you look at what he's he's created, this this not just being successful in business, but that ability to be successful in so many different areas and facets of business, mm. really epitomizes what I was saying about that ability to have a, a holistic view. Uh, which Branson seems to to have, and he can then apply that into whatever specific industry market that he's decided to uh, to enter, and also that ability to juggle so many balls at the same time, which clearly again Branson uh, has that ability to do. Yeah, and uh, Richard Branson's a great example. Thank you for that. And in in his book, uh, which I forget for which I forget the title of, but he uh, his autobiography he he talks about um, the uh, the challenges his parents used to put him through. You know, dropping him fifty miles away from home um, with with no means of getting back other than being resourceful. And he has turned what could have been weaknesses into some incredible strengths, uh, as you are doing. And uh, so, is there something that you'd like to put out to the guys as they as we kind of wrap up this podcast? um around how if they have been diagnosed or they feel there's something that's a little bit exceptional in the way that they think how do they turn that from being a potential weakness or drawback into something that can be of real value and use to them i think it starts with awareness it, it's that ability to be able to step out of yourself and um and try and take a holistic view of yourself what are you doing what are your behaviors what are your beliefs and 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 probably most important of all what are your habits because habits are quite easy to 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 write down and to track and i do this a lot um because i think particularly having adhd it's very very easy to pick up bad habits it's one of the things that that that, that we're lacking in terms of a, a mind chemistry is dopamine um so people with adhd are, are looking for a dopamine hit and this is one of the areas where the medication can be very useful because it, it, it bridges that gap. Um, so my recommendation to anybody would be to take some time to reflect on a typical day. What do they do from the time they get up? What is their morning routine? What time do they wake up? What do they do in terms of caffeine? Do they do they smoke? Do they uh, what breakfast do they have all the way through their day, right through to their evening routine? And start to pick out some habits that they're doing repetitively. I do this every single day, normally on complete autopilot. So it's happening without any conscious awareness. Mm. And make a list of the ones that are perhaps not serving them particularly well. It might be uh, it might be they're eating a lot of food late at night. Um, but they're also at the same time, they've got high blood pressure, they've got high blood sugar levels, et cetera, and they're trying to work on that. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be that they're they're uh, watching uh, YouTube or or looking at the phone until until midnight. And one of the challenges they're having is struggling with fatigue during the day. Mm-hmm. So by actually being able to take this, this sort of external look and identifying what are you doing you don't realize that's really not working for you, and then write them down. Because in essence, what we're doing is describing your bad habits and then work on a plan to turn those into good habits. And the thing we we, we know about habits, I spent a lot of time researching habits, is you can't just ditch a bad habit. You need to replace it. So what we're now looking for is habit substitution. So, OK, so we get up and we have a, a greasy breakfast with sausages, bacon. OK, well, let's flip that into a nice bowl of granola. Or whatever it may be. But trying to be a little bit smart about it, yeah, would be my recommendation. Look at the low-hanging fruit. What are you doing that's not serving you? And try and flip that into something that is. 
great advice. So reflect on a typical day, maybe write things down because we do, often don't realize things are habits until we see them re repeatedly appearing on a list. Think about what we're doing to self-medicate. So if, uh, if it's easy to have a drink in the evening just to kind of calm you down before you go to bed, that is effectively medicating yourself and is there something behind that. And start to think about those habits and how, how we might break the cycles that, and the power they have over us. Um, brilliant advice, Nick. Thank you. So there is no doubt about it. If I'm stuck on a desert island with little food to eat, or if I'm on a, a mountain and have an accident, I know who I want to be with. Um, somebody who will uh, have a focus to get us out of the predicament. Um, and also the, the, the strength of body and mind and spirit to, to get, us, uh, get us away from trouble. And you're one of those people. So thank you, Nick. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. It's been really illuminating uh, hearing more about uh, your mind. And I can't wait to have more of a discussion later in the year, how we can support uh, the, the, I suppose, the mission of, of 721, which I've not really gone into here. So maybe just as we wrap up, do you want to give us a quick uh, one minute explanation of what 721 is really all about? It's not just about Nick uh, getting, getting in the Guinness Book of Records. It's, it's about more than that. So why don't you give us a quick thought about that and then we'll wrap up. Yeah, thank, thank you, Alan. So, I mean, I've been very fortunate in my life, uh, particularly uh, as my role as an expedition leader, the challenges that I've been able to do, uh, to see the most beautiful places on earth. I mean, literally, uh, breathtaking places. But over the years, and particularly for places that I go back to time and time again, it's impossible to escape the impact that we're having on the planet now, whether that's climate change, whether that's pollution, whether that's erosion, deforestation. Um, and for me, having ADHD um, typically means us, us folk with ADHD are, are highly sensitive. And that's something that has really, um, uh, has, has really affected me. And, uh, and as the years have gone on, I've become increasingly determined to try and do something about it. Uh, also factoring in that I've been a part of the problem. It's, it's my generation on my watch that have seen a huge demise of, of the planet. Um, so uh, when I climbed Everest, I did so as a part of an eco team. We pulled five metric tons of rubbish off the higher section of the mountain. And after that, I made a decision that I was going to dedicate the rest of my life to, uh, to, to the fight against climate change. And then that was the launch of 721 Challenge. It's a partnership project with the international conservation charity Worldland Trust. So David Attenborough is a patron uh, and they do some wonderful work around the world, buying and preserving areas of primary rainforest otherwise would be destroyed, whether it's for logging, agriculture. So in essence, that's what the 721 project is about. It's about raising awareness for climate change. It's about creating a platform to encourage individuals and organisations to make changes, no matter where we're starting from, to make positive changes, to look after our planet, to ensure that the next generation have the same opportunities that I've had to be able to enjoy and explore. Wonderful. And men can find more about that at 721challenge.com if they want to support Nick uh, financially or in just encouraging him as he continues to uh, to tick off these fairly bold, ambitious expeditions and, and uh, activities. Where where will that place you in the world rankings of explorers once you once you've I have every doubt you'll you'll achieve this. So once once you've achieved the final couple of elements of this, what uh, where will that put you in the in the world rankings? Yeah, it's so uh, as I understand it, I have the seven summits and both poles now that's a challenge called the explorers grand slam and i think it's 18 people have uh, have, have 
have achieved that. I mean, I, I don't know for sure. I've looked on Wikipedia and I, that's the research that I've done. So don't hold mm. me to it. But to my knowledge, when you throw the Atlantic in, then we're into uh, we're into new territory, Alan. Great. Well, let's get to that new territory. We'll hear more from you later in the year. And uh, thank you so much for just, just opening up the whole topic around ADHD and other diagnoses uh, with us this morning and giving giving the guys hope about uh, about how we can turn uh, what might look like a weakness into something that's definitely, for you, in your case, a superpower. So thank you very much, Nick. Thanks, Alan. been an absolute pleasure. Wonderful. That's it for this Ascend Men podcast. If you've enjoyed this content, please share it with a mate. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. Together, we are stronger. <laughs>